You're now listening to Underground City Podcast. All right, we're calling live from the Black Hope Official in Sage Union, South Carolina. We got our main man, the one and only, Conscious Talk TV, uh, motherfucking Trav Harding uh, podcast. Scrap uh, TV out here. We out Scrap here. Scrap TV. Come and show support to the community. If you out please come out and support the events going on. We're having a comedy show. Brother, brother is having something going on. We got the Jamaican food out here. The people start the show. Come and enjoy yourself and, um, you know, bring in something to the community. Show some love. Uh, well, well, since we got you on the mic, let, let's, let's tell, um, talk about a little bit about what you got going on with your podcast, brother. Well, the podcast was initially started. Uh, it was Diary of Trap, Trap Motherfucking Hardy, basically uh, kind of what I was dealing with at the time. And uh, as it got going on, and it, it was going great and great, and I started to run out of content, so now I'm going to start focusing more on spiritual well-being, mental health, sports, economics, things that influence, that most people just like to ask about every day or discuss. And we're just going to have an open talk and hope in the forum, and I would like to actually get to where we can focus on dealing with the black male and female relationship and see how can we repair that. Um, we're going to touch on all different subjects, but hopefully that be the end goal to where we can really kind of better, you know, take the bandage off and actually uh, heal that wound and see where we can go in. That's going to be one of our main subjects, as well as mental healing and spiritual wellness and all. We, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dig, dig into that body and we're going to see what we can bring up out of there. That sounds great, man. That so- actually sounds exactly like the Underground City TV, man. Um, we got um, a couple hosts for different um, uh, portions. Um, I mean, I guess it sounds like we need to partner up, man, on what we're doing, man, because um, what we're doing, um, my wife and I, we got a podcast that we're doing as well. Uh, where we're talking about the relationships in uh, the family household and how things should operate in the household. Uh, we got a brother that's going to be coming in and, and talking about the sports side of it. Uh, and all of us going to fall under an underground city TV, so... Uh, today is a, uh, uh, is the grand opening, so that's why we got the poetry coming out. They got um, Johnny C. Weaver coming out today uh, to do the poetry, so we're going to do an interview with him later on. But that's basically what we're doing today, man, is basically getting this thing started and uh, letting the community know that it's, it's a real podcast right here in Union County. Yeah. People people need that because nowadays they don't really have somebody to talk to. Usually when they're amongst themselves and they really got something on their chest, on their mind to get off, they don't really have a lot of... Um, individuals in which they can uh, kind of, you know, vent to or without being judged. So sometimes um, being anonymous and being able to voice and trying to speak on subject and have someone willing to cover that subject for you kind of helps them gain clarity on anything that's maybe on their mind or they, they're wondering about or even some information that they're, they're not privy to but would like the more information on. So hopefully Scrap TV can kind of help them you know, gain that information and also with any available resources I may have. That's um, what's up, bro. That's what's up. But Scrap is mainly solely, is, it stands for South Carolina All is really applying pressure because, you know, when I was younger days, I was heavily influenced in music. But as I got older, you know, I'm not trying to be that rap superstar, but I would like to be supportive of those up and coming. So it's also giving an avenue for up and coming artists, whether it's musicians, producers, or whoever doing anything in the arts field that kind of gives them an avenue to um, display their display their talent. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. So tell me, um, tell me a little bit about um, how. Uh, let, let us know how we can reach you or really get out to you and um, get some of your, your get onto your podcast and be able to listen to some of the product you got out there. Well, it's based off Anchor, which is an app. 
You can find app, and app is also distributed through I, Apple Music, uh, Spotify. It, it basically, um, with with that podcast, you can find it on every major social media outlet. But if you have any particular questions, anything you want to find, you can find me on Facebook, Trab Hardy. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Trab Motherfucking Hardy, and also on Twitter, which is Jack Johnson eight six four seven five seven. I don't want to get into the title what that name means, but you're gonna leave that one alone. All right? I got but that's you. That's why I, I can be found that. That's what's up, Jack Johnson. That's that's something different, though. I didn't expect that from you. Nah, you don't want to leave that alone. I ain't gotta go I ain't gotta go into it. Yeah, that's I already that. know what it is. Leave that alone. Know what it is. but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great having you here, bro. I appreciate you stopping by, man, for this um this grand opening that we're doing, a grand uh awareness that we're doing, bringing this podcast alive. Um, and appreciate you coming out and, and t- touching touching base with us, man, and, and telling us about what you got going on. Y'all come on out here and check it out. We got good literature. You know, right now, the trend amongst people or the, the style and the fashion is, you know, uh, African or culture-centric garb or clothing. We got tons of that for the ladies, females, pocketbooks. We got the soaps. You want to smell good for your guy or your female, whatever you mean. Yeah. And we got the tonics, the cleanser recipes. We got pretty much anything for the well-being For the smokers, if you're a smoker and you want to clean your system up. Facts. You can come here and get you the product from here. Facts. So definitely come out and show support because the things you're looking for is definitely here. It's right in your your front yard or backyard, depending on where you're located. And just come and show support and, and, and play a part for the betterment. Peace. Peace. Appreciate it, bro. Anytime. You're now listening to... Miss Johnson, my wife, my queen. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're, we're here just to basically talk about what we're doing with our podcast and um, starting up our podcast. And basically, today is the introduction of the podcast. So we got an event that's going on today at Sankofa, uh, Crystals and Sage. Uh, we got some poets that's going to be here doing some poetry, and we're going to do some interviewing. But right now, we got my wife sitting here with me, my beautiful wife, um, and we're going to talk about, well, we just wanted to introduce her to the community and let, her know that we, let them know that we're going to be doing some podcasting as a couple. Um, it's it's not nothing new. It may be different. Uh, we're going to pr- try to come from a relationship point of view, um, talk about the family point of view, some of the things that we've learned, um, some of the things that we are, we've implemented and seen to happen. And, and, um, and, and Trial and error. Tr- yeah, learned. I mean, we had three times to try, um, <laughs> <laughs> three shots at it. So, um, And I think we're doing pretty well. Uh, she does what the woman does in the household, um, and even more. Uh, but tell her, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're going to bring to the podcast, Ms. Johnson. Uh, I guess I could say a feminist point of view and a uh, working woman slash mom's point of view. Okay. And a wife's point of view. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good point of view. I'm sure that's a point of view that a lot of uh, listeners would be willing to learn and, and listen from because um, of your name and who you are in the community. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that side of you and um, get to learn that side of you. Um, 
But we just wanted today just to touch bases on what we're going to be doing um, with our podcast and um, how our podcast is going to have an impact on the community. Um, and hopefully moving forward, we're able to be, do some other things with it because um, we got some interesting children. Uh, our oldest, Egypt, um, who's a... Very, very creative. Yeah. Um, then we have our middle one, um, Kenya. The reserved, organized one. Um, and our youngest, <laughs> which we're still learning, <laughs> which is Princess. Um, Princess Sydney. She's more of a free spirit, let's put it that way. Yeah, so we're we learning, we learning as this thing goes. Um, so it's, it's definitely... You're going to have to put it up close to your mouth. Put your mic closer to your mouth when you're talking. So we're definitely learning through this process of how to be parents. And hopefully through this process, we're able to give some information to the community about parenting and the different parenting styles. And relationships. relationships, yeah. And some of the things that we do in our households is that's, that's successful and, um, and some of the things that we're trying. You got anything that you want to add? The beautiful voice of Miss Dana Johnson. You're listening to Underground City Podcast. All right, it's Underground City TV again. Now we're with Jay Commander, the one and only. Yo, what's Uh, up? I left your book over there, brother. I need to. It's all right. We uh, got it. uh, First off. Tell us a little bit about the event that's coming up on August 9th. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm just going to say peace and blessings and I say uh, to the Most High and our ancestors. You know, I'm the Moampa Commander, a.k.a. the Red Admiral, Dead Admiral War, for those who know uh, from the spoken word scene, that's been my handle um, for quite a few decades. So those true who indeed, know will indeed. know. Um, there's several books, actually, for the event that's coming up on August the 9th, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's a free event in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, okay. It's called the Facts Forum, Next Generational Wealth. And it's going to involve wow. speech from arrested development. Uh, it's going to have myself and, and in particularly dealing with equity uh, from the music business, uh, publishing. Uh, how do we cultivate it for the next level of trade, which has been designated a billion-dollar industry being multiplied by 10 over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, that's by Forbes and Goldman Sachs. So uh, my experience with Warner Chapel Music, Warner Brother Records Publishing over the last, I would say from 2008, um, that's been about 11 years. So we're gonna talk about that as well. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's gonna be pretty dope. Hopefully, that's, looking that's, good so far. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So we got speech from Arrested Development. That's right. We got Jay Commander. Facts. Um, we got some martial arts. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Shout out to um, a sensei, um, Lee, who okay. is a creator and founder of the Creative Concepts Martial School, as well as stand-up fighter martial arts um, equipment. Okay. A lot of people may not know about this guy. He's in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uh, my son, I'm blessed to have found him, and now my son is one of his his students, um, which awesome. is dope. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's dope because one, he gets to see a reflection of himself, uh, building with his self-esteem. Uh, he stays inspired. He also uh, gets time to talk to somebody about how to be an entrepreneur and make your own way 
in this world. Yeah, make your own product, but more importantly, make your own way. You know, you have innovation, a gift from the most high. You Mm -hmm. got an 11th Amendment. We call it the Constitutional Clause in the U.S. Constitution. As a creator and inventor, you have a right to make as well as generate revenue or commerce and trade off what you make. And so that's something he gets to learn from a child all the way up, you know, similar you know, as I was taught by my father, I was fortunate enough to see him work in his innovation and later learn how he was plying his trade, which was 50 years. He was directly under Curtis Mayfield since he was 19 years old till he recently transitioned. And he was um, with Warner Brother Records as well as starting their own record company and distribution as well. So that awesome. I learned that. It was a blessing. And yeah. that's 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 a part yeah. of your book as well. In yeah, the it's two book. books. One is the stand. Well, the first book we did um, in Chicago for people in the trade who we circulated among. It was called Handle Handle Your Bitsness. Um, it was a niche market approach based on the neo soul and spoken word arenas mm-hmm. at that time. So we was giving people a blueprint of how we went from the underground, literally, and above ground with mm-hmm. um, from Deaf Poetry Jam to dealing with a. They were called legends and icons in Chicago for the reggae scene. I worked their label for about seven to eight years as yeah. well, side by side with the poetry scene. Okay. Uh, so we were able to trans evolve because underground is a season. So you in any any type of tactical strategy, it's a season. At some point, you have to come above ground. Mm-hmm. So we were fortunate and blessed enough uh, to be able to come above ground, and uh, it led to some great things. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. So you basically break down that history of how that in the that, first book, and then okay. the sec the first book, of course, it was only a, the first five or so years um, because that's the period that we were dealing with. Okay, when you go into stay in the groove, a niche music, excuse me, stay in the groove, one person rule uh, for success. Mm-hmm. We're talking about now uh, an industry principle that a um, I'll consider like an elder. She told me um, early in my career that when you're in the music industry. The higher up you go, you're one person from everything you want to do and accomplish in the music industry because the circles are small, you know. So when she when she dropped that jewel on me, um, it affirmed not only what was taking place then, but even to this day. We're talking maybe a decade, two decades later, it still proves to be true. Every move you get ready to make, mm-hmm. no matter what that vision is you inspire with in the music industry, if you're serious, you're one person from everywhere you want to go. Wow. Yeah, and so I outline that history. I give them two decades or so of real examples, success stories, and how I went down. And I give them a little cautionary war tales, too, in the back of the book. You know, something to look out for. Most of that took place in in Chicago, you said, right? Yeah, Chicago, but we was working the entire country, which is what people had to understand. Like, it was, we were based in Chicago. Okay. All right? Uh, which is a music industry city. It's number one in the market. Uh, it had radio. It was always the largest um, black marketing um, for music. And they have the largest concentration of successful blacks. It's based in Chicago. Okay. So, so a lot of people may not know that. And okay. so we were number one, like an album purchasing. You know, I have a, a map, a book called Chicago Soul by Robert Pruder, where he broke down the entire map and the demographic of soul consumers and soul mm. music consumers. So this mm. is something that, you know, we break down in a book. We give people the clarity. Like, you know, we base this on real, uh, we went to the Small Business Administration when we first started, working with the uh, retired executives and helping okay. to outline a, a 50-plus business pay, uh, plan, 50-plus page business plan, things like that. So we, we take them step by step, you yeah. know, and help them see uh, that there's, you know, the underground, or if you will, some people call it the conscious or edutainment movement, whatever, but we knew it was based on some hard numbers, real facts, mm-hmm. that um, from a trade perspective, 
we always approached our spoken word scene that way okay. and developed it that way. Okay. So, um, th- again, these examples are in that now book. Now listening you know, to all day. Underground yeah. City Podcast. So, so now you're in, you leave from Chicago, now yeah. you're in Spomberg and doing that same... 14 years. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it was interesting coming here on the way here to this event tonight uh, was coming full circle um, because it was uh, coming to mind, like, you know, we spent three years in Charleston, mm-hmm. right? And when we were there, um, just... This was at the peak of Deaf Poetry Jam. So I come okay, into okay. Charleston and uh, being at that time, I had become the uh, official Deaf Poetry Jam radio. And I was handling all of the the commerce for so many artists and, and the poetry. And they were filtering it through uh, what we had, like a super website at that time built by mm. the Digital Media Center of the Illinois Institute of Technology. Okay. So because of that, the executive producer, one of them, uh, Bruce George, he's the Peabody Award winning one for uh, okay. the show as well as the Broadway yeah. piece they did. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, and that's in the book. So I yeah, put yeah, the I'll letters in there in the, front, in the book so people could see that connection when he was like, yo, you be that official uh, multimedia technology in a deaf poetry jam. Wow. So it's things like that that's in the book, right? Wow. So I reveal for the first time just a lot of nuts and bolts of what it took to maintain that. Yeah, so, I, I saw the actual you know, the, the letters. And the, maybe that's why you fucking me like that. Like, no, man. It's, the actual emails that yeah, was being sent. I had yeah, to yeah. put that in there because yeah, yeah. that and the contracts, and I show people, uh, for example, coming into Charleston, they had... Uh, a lady by the name, she was an investor from Wall Street called Judith Adu, mm-hmm. uh, and she had been on Oprah Winfrey. She bought a radio station called WPAL, um, wow. and that was one, I think it was 103.3 FM or something like that, um, or 106.3, I believe it was, and she um, she made it a 24-hour neo-soul formatted radio station. Wow. So coming into Charleston, that was one of the bridges. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, that easy, I easy came in on. It was, it, in part, it was easy yeah, because yeah. one, you know, we already had terrestrial radio. I've been in mm-hmm. Chicago on the radio for at least five or six years. I've been doing okay. um, um, digital satellite radio with Noah Samarda um, out of Africa. The, this is the granddaddy to XM Satellite Radio. So he owned wow. most of the shares of XM, and then he started digital satellite radio. Wow. So um, that was something that we put in the book that people may not have known about because if you yeah. wasn't in Chi-Town and behind the scenes, you, you wouldn't have know. known about that, know. right? So yeah. knowing that that technology came out of Africa, which was big, wow. people may not have known that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was what led to the Deaf Poetry Jam thing because we had four continents, 5.5 billion people that he was targeting. And he wanted edutainment, neo-soul. He wanted the uh, connection between... Um, the youth movements and entertainment in the U.S. and how it connected to the ones we were reporting about and revealing from Zimbabwe and other wow. countries in Africa. So wow. he wanted those countries to be exposed to that kind of information. Yeah, man. yeah. So that's real. I'm just saying that that's yeah. what's in the book. Like, yeah. so when Bruce George heard that when they came to Chicago, and in that 15 seconds, as we call it, elevator pitch, it was done right there. We said we'll bring you into these four continents, and you all bring us into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so people don't know that's how that whole bridge was even established. And mm-hmm. that's in the book. So we're showing people how this principle works out in real life. And then you yeah. took that concept and put it on, on a 45 and made it universal. The 45 with the different uh, performers on it. Then you have a, a, that, uh, the album. Oh, you said CDP, but that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They make 
albums. We've been controlling our manufacturing from day one, and that's yeah. in the book. You know, one of the things that I recall, and I have to give credit because it's in the book. I give credit to uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan because he did a tape when I was in college called, um, uh, it was at Jack the Rapper, which was a major convention. It was called okay. Where Is Your Head At? All right. Okay. And um, he came in there saying that you can control your own marketing distribution if we had the right mindset. Mm. So being in college at the time, that was like, wow, this is what I've been waiting to hear. Like, you know, outlining blue blueprints, sort of like ways to approach it, because I already had a lot just from my pop. So that's number yeah. one. That's my yeah. foundation. And then um, to hear someone speak to it in that angle, mm. it just gave me just like another just way to look at it because Curtis Mayfield had already proven it to us in publishing, yeah, yeah. right? And then, um, first of all, Willie Dixon preceded Curtis Mayfield. Mm. So they showed us how to own our own publishing, mm. right? And run our own record company. So we knew that already. Yeah. Um, Barry so Gordy was doing that. No, it was not new. But in the contemporary time, though, yeah. you know, we had yet to have too many people speak about that. And that's that's what's critical. When you hear records by Public Enemy and Rakim mm -hmm. and they quote Minister Farrakhan, they taking it off that Jack the Rap election. Okay. A lot of people okay. don't know that. So okay. when he when he's speaking about this, a lot of people in the industry was hearing that at the time, but how they acted on it was a totally different discussion. So here we come right on that, in that uh, continuum, if you will, that discussion, mm -hmm. that cultural continuum, and we just picked up the ball. We hit Chi town in 95, 96, based on real, just trade information and facts. Cause he was wow. like, you know, you got if you're gonna do it, you gotta learn the music industry. Like mm -hmm. you gotta be able to go get deep in the knowledge and learn how to do what you need to do, which is what Al Bell said in a book called California Soul. He okay. talks about the same okay. thing, learning from A to Z. Yeah. So again, you know, these are like mirrors of one another, but it's important mm -hmm. that people get that in the book, that, mm -hmm. you know, um, underground, if you want to call it that, edutainment, neo-soul, which is a new general term put on there by Kadar Massenberg, it, it wasn't like uh, something that just came from the hip. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. based on real data. It's real, um, if you will, resources that people are going after. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we can raise our discussion to a more mature level, then we be can begin to prepare ourselves in a more mature and methodical manner mm -hmm. in a serious business trade way mm -hmm. to get the results we're looking for. And that's another thing that we just got to put in the book. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's the first yeah. time that we really put that kind of information out like wow. that. So, yeah, it's wow. critical. That's a very powerful book, man. Very powerful Well, book. I mean, it, what's even more powerful than, than the book or along supplementing the book is that we real time Actually still living yeah, it yeah, and yeah. building on it. So we had to give. So the next book that's coming out with that is called The B-Boy Billions. Okay. Because, again, the trade has just shifted again, literally this year. So we were like, man, there's no way we can drop this book and not at least put a, a supplement book with it mm -hmm. so people can see what we need to be in the next 10 years. Because it'd be well, too late if I wait 10 years and tell you then, it'd be too late. Them. Let's tease them. You just said it just shifted again this year. Let's let's tease them on what, what caused that shift. It wasn't so much that it caused. You got to remember, hip-hop has always been in spoken word and even R&B. But yeah. it, again, in being in the trade, we know this. We know mm -hmm. that Clive Davis um, created the blueprint for the black music divisions mm -hmm. at all the record companies because yeah. he was heading CBS. Um, exactly. He went and hired his former school, Harvard School of Business, and created a study on the black music market. Yeah. It's not a secret. See, yeah. in the trade, yeah, yeah. we know this already. Right? Yeah. So when you, when you know that, you kind of already realize that the economic power mm. of black music. We weren't wow. snoozing on that. We knew this. Wow. So um, when, you come, when you fast forward it, maybe 15, 20 years as culture recycles itself, especially mm -hmm. if you want to Afrocentric, 
whatever yeah. time we get right, mm-hmm. it repeats itself every 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as we come into that cycle again, you get hip-hop and you get um, sort of the a conscious or yeah, the golden yeah, era of hip hop, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but what they had to realize in 89, 90, when they was in the Latin Quarter, KRS One and them met and discussed these matters. Yeah. But KRS One admits that they left this and everybody went their separate way. So, yeah. it wasn't that we didn't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, here we come in that generation. We part of that generation. Yeah. Yes, many of us are, we're not choosing to walk away from it. We yeah. run into the fight. And yeah. that's the true spirit of a b-boy. A yeah. true b-boy, we never run away from a challenge. Like, like yeah. you know, y'all trying to prod me tonight. Yeah, like, yeah, y'all tapping in my b-boy spirit. Yeah, I can't yeah, just yeah. sit down, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. ah, they calling yeah. me on the square. I got to get up, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. the spirit of b-boy. So that's yeah, the yeah. book. It's the b-boy billions. Yeah, yeah. So we're challenged right now by, by Forbes, Goldman Sachs, by um, the president's Fred Davis, which is Clive Davis' son, mm. who's doing the same thing his father did in the 70s. So he yeah. got the blueprint from his father. Mm. So he comes out. He studies the music. Tells the industry executives, we're gonna re jumpstart mm. and reinvigorate the music industry. Wow. We're gonna go to the free capital market and get billions. Mm. You gotta understand that. Billions. They're not billions. going to get millions. Yeah. They're not talking about going platinum. Yeah. They're going to get billions of dollars Off the- out of a 60 of a 66 trillion dollar industry. That's what capital mm. is. It's 66 trillion. Mm-hmm. And they said they're going to do it on the back. And these are their literal words. Yeah. Go to the February issue of four magazines. They say they're going to do it on the back of hip-hop mm. and R&B with black consumers and the streaming revenue. They say wow. So powerful. Again, powerful mean, information. Real, though. So yeah. here we have a rare opportunity. Yeah. With our generation, with all of our boss enthusiasm, yeah. all of our, you know, we want to own our own, right? Exactly. So the, the youth are fired up. Right? You got yeah. a yeah, exactly. Areas, right? Exactly. So you got to equip them. Yeah. Right? With the, the right roadmap, at least indicators on the roadmap. So exactly. Whatever they need to do, revise it or mm-hmm. get in position so that they could be in on that. And we all could be in on this billion dollar reality. Yeah, because it's on our backs. Yeah, it's, it's on our front. Our backs, back too. Our yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So in 99, it's not new because in 99, the Time Magazine did a cover with Lauren Hill. Okay. And they said, Hip Hop Nation. They had admitted that the entire nation was under the influence of hip hop. Wow. Yeah, so this wasn't wow. nothing new, right? Yeah. So that's the point we're making. Like, they just, the reason they're starting to admit it now is because, again, Forbes, for two, two things happened. The United States government did what's called a compulsory, a compulsory fee that they're making the technology companies pay. Mm. Every time they reproduce a stream or whatever to use artist music. So this is the first time in history Mm. that they have ever put a fixed income, a continual income, on an intellectual property in the music business. When you do that, now investors have a fixed basis Mm. for raising capital. Mm. So with them knowing that reality, they begin to bundle the copyright of the artist <laughs> and bundle them like you do credit cards or yeah. you do home mortgages yeah. and you bundle them into stocks and then you get an underwriter and you go over to the free capital markets in Asia or Europe or wherever they are in the globe, yeah. right? India, Korea, wherever. Yeah. And you go raise your billions of dollars. <laughs> so two years ago, you had the... um. You had the major companies, not just the record companies, but the tech companies, mm-hmm. the Spotify's, the Apple's, Pandora's, whoever. Yes. They all got together and they went over to the Asian markets and other markets mm-hmm. and began to raise dollars. 
Yeah. Right? So then they come back and like being with Warner Brother Records and we trying to get people to understand like they just changed their logo. It's literally a hip hop tag now. It's not wow. what it used to be with the big shield. Wow. So there's no there's it's in plain sight. There's no, you know, we're thinking about going to do this. It's done. Yeah. Right? So this is the reality. So while Man. there's still a window for us, those of us who choose to take the B-Boy spirit and run at it, you know, yeah. like B-Boys yeah, and B-Girls. Yeah, we're going harder, go home. Yeah, That's yeah. what we do now. We go yeah. ham, right? So those of us who accept that challenge, this is what we're doing. We, our goal is clear. You know, mm -hmm. it ain't no gray area. Yeah. You own your publishing. You own your, meaning as a company, you own your industry and commerce. Yeah. And you go to the free markets and our true skin, our truth being, and just get what we earn and what we do, period. And you got wow. the time to do it. So that's where it's at. Yeah, Fast. That's, that's where it's at. That's that's a lot in itself. That's I, just, I just what want, it is. I just wanted the intro. That is the but, intro. That's the intro and outro. <laughs> that's the alpha and omega. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, and, yeah. and this is what's important about this generation, which is why it was important for me to present that to the people. Because as we go out here, spoken word, yeah. we can use that as an example, right? Mm -hmm. I'm blessed, man. I, I love Kelly Rich from Some Like It Black, um, mm. Africa West Bookstore, Africa West Bookstore. Mm. Um, we have so many um, jazz and Java, Java Oasis. In the book, you see, I point that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We weren't just at those events just reading spoken word, bro. Okay. We literally had a company. We were reporting the sound scan. We were literally yeah, bringing commerce it. and trade. I recall that. Bro, it's real. When we yeah. started the whole radio thing, Renaissance Rhythms, was because of the article the Newsweek magazine put out in 95, 94, 95. They said the rebirth of the cool, the bohemian, the black bohemian flexes its funk, the bohemian fringes start to bloom. That's the headline. Mm. And they went and, and highlighted the five major markets where Afrocentrism was at a height and they had spoken word venues, right? Mm. And out of that, you get most deaf, Talib Kweli, Jill Scott, Indy Ari, they all come out of these scenes. Mm. Uh, at that time, John Singleton was there. Tyra Betts was there. Um, Dre left Suge Knight and broke up Death Row and went yeah. to start Aftermath. He was there. Yeah. This is all in the article. Okay. So when you understand that, you know, I'm coming to Chicago, the blueprint, the map had already kind of been introduced. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it started developing. It's, just, it's real, but there was a lot of other people that developed it too. Yeah. There was Mario, there was... Um, from the Lit X, which they talked about in the magazine, M.T. Okay. There was okay. Kelly Rich with something like a black in the Chinatown loft, and then she opened up a real venue on the avenue mm. in the city. Yeah. It's still in existence 25, 30 years later, literally in the history book. So this is real. Like, mm. you know, she's still there. You had um, uh, Jim Lee Tillman and her mother, older woman, Dorothy Tillman, opened the Spoken Word Cafe. Mm. Right? So we had real entities like that throughout the city of Chicago, seven days a week. But we weren't there on just pure artistry alone. We were bringing, coupling it with the industry that they were developing. That's okay. critical. That's yes, the yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the part we have to bring the awareness to. And it's probably because that's our that's our duty. That's our responsibility. True. So if I stand Once you know. the people, yeah. knowing that there was more, yeah. knowing that we've been blessed because of that foundation, yet not get them a roadmap and a pathway out, man. That's that's just a little falling short, if you will. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So that's the book. You yeah. Know that's stay in the groove book. Because you do, you have to stay in the groove. Okay. Right? But okay. the only way to do that, you have to be aware of the groove, how to stay in it. Yeah. Fact. 
and then that way you can you can eat. There ain't no problem. We don't advocate starving on. Chat books, we had CDs, we had product, we was moving through the scene, we controlled our own masters, publishing, this is real. So that became the foundation when it came time for Women's Capital, because they, I, was, I was 10 years in the game yeah. by where the spoken words thing. I had trade credibility. Wow. Yeah, had two CDs out in yeah. the trade, yeah. working the scenes, the coffee house. They were selling them in the bookstores and the coffee houses, and we was wow. reporting it. So that's what we're talking about. So, But if people don't know that, yeah. right? Again, this yeah, is what yeah, we it's, did. It's, it's all in the book. No, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's all it's a lot it's a lot in the book. For those who seek it, if yeah, you yeah. want to know and you want to grow in it and really be successful and get some tips, mm-hmm. we put it out there. Yeah. Say, look, man, it's up to you what you do with it, but yeah, it's yeah. Out now. yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's some strong material that's in that book. Um and I and I I didn't want you to get too much into it, but you I you can't, I can't Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are sketching the, I mean, it's 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 a lot of information. Yeah, it's a lot of it's information. To be that it's a lot way. of information. It's a reference which manual. Is, which is great. Yeah. Which is great. It is. Um, we even talk I, about licensing. Let me throw that out there. We show people that it's a, it was a real, you go to City Hall, you register your company, we put that in the book. So we show them from day one how that how that went down. Yeah. Right? We show them 1996, October 15th, 1996, getting a legal yeah. notice. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's in the book. Yeah. Right? So ain't no confusing what we're talking about. Yeah this, yeah, this this is what we're talking about here. Love now, that's a different roots. journey, that's but that's, that's still on book. the foundation of what we did yeah. through the spoken word scene because when we were commissioned by the, the sister I was telling you about, her name was Ife McWater. That's her name. Okay. She was the director of the South Shore Community Center at the time, which was one of the largest uh, city-backed park and recreational facilities, right? She brought us in there after she saw us on a panel with a music... Education Technical Institute conference because we were making the music conference circus at the time, having the only neo soul poetry international show on digital radio at the time, and then deaf poetry jam. So we're making the circuit rounds, giving people the information. Wow. She saw us at her venue. She invited us to do three shows at her facility. And that's when we came in and was able to highlight. Took an excerpt from this book that's in, in the exhibit. exhibit. It's a 120-some-year-old scrapbook from original teachers of the um, Slater schools, which were the first mm. black schools in America. So you have these first schools from the early 1900s, late 1800s. These teachers had chronicled their blueprint and their their education plans in this wow. hand scrapbook. So we took out of that book the Paul Lawrence Dunbar original poetry and wow. we highlighted it in an exhibit called our evolution of poetry it was a two three-day event in chicago wow literally and people was coming like a museum exhibit you walk through yeah they would do that then they would go to the poetry event and that was wow. that was that was how that happened that's dope and that's the website mind you our evolution of poetry became deaf poetry jam radio that was literally the website because we wow. had two sites. They built us a static one and a um, what's called a 3D one or animated one today. But it, that's what it was. That's 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 a lot of growth and a lot of experience. No, that's real, though. But I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, that's yeah. on the shoulders yeah. of the conscious. Yeah. Which people got to understand. Yeah. This was the conscious community. Yeah, actually doing the work. Right. And yeah. so if we under the impression that we, we don't have enough value to evolve commercially and economically, it's a misdirection. It's true. not true. True. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's part of what the whole project. Both of these projects 
come from out of that vein. It's important to keep that vein together. Because when we released the book and they brought us before all the scholars in Tennessee, uh, maybe two or three years ago, they, it, they kept it together. It wasn't a separation. So you see, um, what's the brother who does um, the roots and tracing your roots? The doctor, the scholar be on television, the PBS show. Got, got, got the, the, pol the police got him at his front Yeah, door. great. Uh, doctor yeah, 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 yeah. Eight. This is why you got to see the connections. This is when they started going to get Nas, P. Diddy, et cetera, et cetera. Because we had already brought that bridge in at the International Conference when they mm. brought us in with the book and the exhibit. Okay. And then we went, um, H2O is the educational wing of the hip-hop community in New York where we filmed a documentary, again, out of the spoken words thing. Bruce mm. George left that poetry jam, and he got with Louis Ray Rivera and created the Bandana Republic, which was all of the, what they call, street organizations and activist groups around the world. It's a poetry anthology. Mm. And so we created a documentary called Leaders, One and Two, Gangs, Gorillas, Gods, or Hip Hop Terrorists. And it okay. was highlighted in New York at the theater, which is the H2O organization in New York. And with... um. The brother who wrote um, Panther Baby, Jamal Joseph. Okay. And that was a Jamal Joseph move. He was on the panel. He was on the uh, commission and the committee or whatever. And he helped kind of polish it up a little bit. Okay. accepted and brought into the film industry. And that's real. Yeah. That's spoken word. Yeah. That's the poetry he also wrote. That came right out of that vein. Wow. Right out of that vein. And that's in the book. So we showed him those, those films as well as a film called, a reality show called Love for the Mic which is in the book, okay. which we went around to all the poetry venues, and we had the who's who of, like, the poets and emerging yeah, poets. Yeah, I recall that. I recall that. Yeah, I recall that's that. Real. That's a real project. Yeah. Not make believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, brother. That's powerful. Yeah, that's, that's very blessings. powerful information. Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, yeah. Blessings. I mean, but it, it, this type of information is it's the reason we developing this podcast, Facts. because you won't, you won't get this information from Facts. anybody. Well, this is what anywhere. we did. This is what we did when yeah. they had, came out with the poetry anthology, and they had Louis, Louis Ray Rivera and Bruce George was on the radio, and they did the same thing, and they had us call in. We was giving you know, bits and pieces at that time. But again, we was in a different era. See, now yeah. we're in an era where we have grown up. Mm. Now, we have to accept growing up now. We can't talk baby language no more. Goo goo ga ga yeah, to the yeah, people. Yeah, That's yeah. played out. We got young people here that see um, seventy million dollars being generated by Jay Z in terms of music. Not to mention the other things he do to make a billion dollars that they talk about now mm -hmm. in Forbes magazine. Right? Mm -hmm. We seeing Diddy generate hundreds of millions of dollars in now success stories. Right? Uh, Master P, podcast. Percy Miller, coming out doing movies. Uh, but before the films, he's yeah. the one who brought the multi-marketing blueprint to the hip-hop industry. Had mm -hmm. a full pressing and distribution deal, only one in hip-hop. Yeah. That's what I mean by misdirection. If you don't, without having that information, we walk around here as if it didn't exist. And ignoring it is just as bad as not acknowledging it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, these are people who was in Dr. Dre. Everything they did on the West Coast with Easy e et cetera, these were blueprints at the time, right, that gave mm -hmm. us pieces of the puzzle. Where mm -hmm. we growing up now. Yeah. You know? And so the fact of the matter is, it's now going from 30 billion to 130 plus billion in the next 10 years. You got to be ready to handle that kind of responsibility. Yeah, you're right. Right? You're so right. in the book, hey, we showed them in the book, it's six revenue streams in the industry, but they, most people have never seen a real royalty statement that shows the six revenue streams. They're only mm -hmm. looking at two today, if that. Yeah. From CD Baby or TuneCore, whoever they going through, 
you're lucky if you see the streaming revenue and maybe performance revenue. You don't know nothing mm -hmm. about the other four revenues that you guaranteed to get. Yeah. Period. Yeah, yeah I, I was showing the um, guy. I took a picture of and showed the guy at my job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I showed him because um, he, um, he he's a rapper. Fact. And Fact. I was showing him that. I was like, brother, you need it's a whole much. It's too much information out here, it man, is. for you not to be able to know what to do, right. what your next steps need to be. Yeah. Um, but what's another thing that happens is we, without the examples to see we can do it, then we're under the impression that we cannot do it, and yeah. that's even more harmful than just not having the, the information because now you don't need to, you don't feel the need to be inspired. Why even try it? Because mm. we don't have a success examples to follow. True. Right? Everybody just make a video. Go do the. They don't even want to do the big festivals. Really, that ain't the big thing. Yeah. The big thing is just to run to a small venues, get five, ten thousand dollar check, and you know, mm -hmm. get your kudos. Yeah. And you feel like you're successful. You just go do that tour circuit. Yeah. That's been a standard for a while. Mm -hmm. So you have a case of just simply not reaching, not because we can't. Mm. We literally have a, uh, I almost would call it a, a self-imposed ceiling, hmm. literally. And we we, yeah. we we just celebrating it. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, this is dope. This is the substandard. is the new standard. Yeah, yeah. You we got on 20, that you now. You got 20 people listening to your music. We on that now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. poor did the ignorant rapper tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, that was hilarious. Like, it's just and the conversation fact. we had after the, the Juneteenth yeah. with the brother um, going to New York. Right. Say no more, right? <laughs> so that's real, though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why we had to stop right there and say, mm -hmm. now, now duty calls the masters to step up or those who are aware because the, when the masters call upon, he must answer. You can't sit back like that. You've got to answer. That's a perfect example. You know, True some indeed. of us are blessed by way of our ancestors and our peers in front of us who set a stage for us to respond because they responded for us. See, mm -hmm. I can't talk about success without mentioning Kelly Rich or something like it black. It's, it's, it's not possible because mm -hmm. that was the venue that the first chat book was put in in her venue. Mm -hmm. She kept her word. She did that. Wow. She, she expanded her venue to a commercial location. And then she let us all come in painters, poets, writers, whatever. You could put your merchandise in her facility. Mm. She did that, right? That's our platform, though. Yeah. We stood on that. Yeah. So again, when we did the radio show, we went before the people and said, hey, we got an opportunity to do a radio show. We thinking about calling it Renaissance Rhythms, and the whole crowd with the room went crazy. Mm. We said, that's going to be the name, because the people want that. Yeah. That the success, the rest is history. But that was at some Like It Black. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm getting you to overstand. We was like, Buying hundred dollar membership cards on purpose and bringing two, three, four people through the facility because mm -hmm. it, it was real to us. We didn't have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. If we didn't go there, we lose our mind. Shot town, called it Chirac now. It was yeah. crazy then, but yeah. I'm saying yeah. that was our haven. Mm. Not just for art, yeah. for even commercial growth. We grew a springboard and jumped off that. So Chicago had Chicago has a, a lot of history to it that uh, that, yeah. that we're not yeah. not being exposed to. Of the course, community. that's what the book is for to yeah. help people understand it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like. Yes, it's great, but when you look at Deaf Poetry Jam, for example, there's a season, I think it's season three. Most of them poets on there are from Chicago, period. Kanye West, Common, and more, many more triple black. Mm -hmm. We can go down Tara Betts, or really, I mean, go down the list. Mm -hmm. um, Nikki's on there. There's a ton of poets on there that come from Chicago. It's a reason for that, because, again, when they came, they didn't have no tapings yet. Bruce George gave me, the, showed me the... Demo thing that they was pitching to HBO wasn't even on the air yet. Mm -hmm. So we knew who the actors were and who were the real poets. Yeah. Right? So you got to get the real poets to come to it. And I don't say the actors weren't real poets, yeah. but the actors had to come and give it a, a polish because they're going to mm -hmm. be on TV. Yeah. So that's business. You kind of get what mm -hmm. I mean? So that's what we're talking about. We, these are things we were privy to that the public wasn't privy to.
And so when we when the, the way it impacted the public and then the way it impacted those of us who knew what was going on, it was just different. So we're behind the scenes going, okay, what's the next industrial move? Because now we're getting this attention. And we remember people telling us, I'll put that in a book, mm-hmm. people saying we're gonna watch, we're gonna wait and see what Russell do with it instead of us jumping in and helping build up okay, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is so, real, bro. Yeah, this ain't just look, side bro. Side. Or just to even create the value so that yeah. it could look, bro. We had look in 1996. To 98, we did the market research. Between all of this, the people at that time, Badu, Jill Scott, Common, um, the Source Magazine did an article uh, January of 1996 called The Power and Players, the first edition of that, Power and Players of Hip Hop. They took a sound scan report and hit the seven regions and said, where the money's at for hip hop? That was the name of the center article. Right, it was two pages. Mm-hmm. They highlighted people like Nas, Tribe Called Quest, Outkast, Fuji's. Lauren mm-hmm. Hill, mm-hmm. Goody Mob. These were their examples. And they were showing you the dollar value they made in each region for hip hop in 1996. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? That's a part of our business plan. That's We got all that data. So yeah. we knew there was 11, maybe 11 million units, which break out to about two, a half billion dollars in revenue generated from just those examples. Savion Glover. Yeah, yeah Ben Ari. We had everything from... The shows on Broadway, to the tap dance, to the R&B, to the hip hop, they were generating a quarter billion, a quarter million dollars at that time in 1996 to 1998. Fact. Powerful. You understand know what I'm saying? Powerful. So we knew this. So it wasn't like we walked into a meeting, whether it was Sony um, or, or EMI in California or anybody not equipped with the awareness of our value. Mm-hmm. That's what's in the book. We're trying to get you to grasp that concept like, we knew we didn't have value. We wasn't going in there with our head pie in the sky, dreaming about what our value was. Okay. You understand? And that okay. was the key to seizing those opportunities. And to this day, the key to seizing those opportunities. Okay. Even with this event, we bring a speech down. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about anybody. You're talking about a cat that had two Grand Grammys, yeah. 30 years, successful tours around the globe. Matter of fact, I can share the blessing with the people. I was going to tell you this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I came here, on the way here, went to an event in Spartanburg. Again, I was working in radio from 2009 to about 2012, 13 in Greenville, all right? Talking about FM, major yeah. radio, okay? We hitting 50, 100,000 people every five minutes, okay? Mm. I see the guy who's running, he's running a new cluster of stations now. He's a program director, about five, and one of them is Earth, Earth 103 FM or something like that. Uh, Craig Debo, shout out to Craig Debo. Craig is like, yo, what you got going on? He's like, the more Ampa Commander, because that's how they, my radio yeah, handle. Yeah. And here was the more Ampa Commander. Okay. So in Chi-Town, it was the more Ampa Commander, but it was the Red Admiral Dead. I'm at War. That was my pen name. Okay. So people knew me by that handle. Coming into the Carolinas became the more Ampa Commander from the production handle, right? Okay. So that's how that came to be. So he introduced that to the public. What's going on? We tell them speech is coming to town. They go, wait, you mean Tennessee speech for arrest development? And I'm like, yeah, I'm everyday people. Yeah, yeah. So you understand that's what I mean by the impact. The commercial impact of artists who they might say is conscious or whatever, entertainment, right? So you heard me mention that to the people tonight. But in 1994, 95, Newsweek did an article on the trend, and they called him. They said he was, um, they slanted like, well, the people see him as being, you know, Goofy or something. They don't really yeah, take him yeah, serious. He yeah. don't have no cred on the street. Mm-hmm. See how the article got mm-hmm. slanted? That's real. That ain't make believe. To that ga- that gangster rap. Just overstanding. But it was beyond. It was bigger than that. It was yeah. like, and this is where we got to be careful. 
is where we really have to be careful and clear on grasping our own value. Because even though they said that, it doesn't take away from the fact that these people were making, selling millions of units, selling out thousands of arenas, right? A slant is a slant. He was able to cross over. I mean, I, but he had support of his community. That's yeah. the thing like with, Lauren, with the Fujis. They even did one about the Fujis mm. at that time. But they still slanted on the Fujis. This is yeah, the yeah, part yeah, that yeah. this is our responsibility to help people get this. Mm -hmm. So the same thing when they went to 97, 98. They said, oh, yeah, it's getting popular. Um, Badu is a force because she's selling millions of units of records at this time. But she was mm -hmm. on her first album. But they said, yeah, she's a force, but... This whole neo soul thing is a blip on the radar. That's how they characterized it. Mm. Now I just told you they made two hundred fifty million dollars off this blip, mm -hmm. but they called it a blip because they're looking at pop. Nah, they look, bro. They the, the value is what I'm saying. Yeah, we yeah, the ones got to be clear, right? We got to be careful. Exactly, we got to be careful when we if we just look at what others' people valuation is of what we do. Yeah, this yeah. way we got to be careful. It ain't like hip hop got to a billion dollar industry because they say yeah this hip hop thing is cool. Mm -hmm. You know that's not what happened, bro. Mm -hmm. they, they hip hop fought for every inch that it grind commercially, period. And one like they just gave it to them, right? Luke and them had to go through being. Branded as yeah. put the stickers on them, and yeah, right yeah. had to go to Supreme Court, yeah, right? Yeah. Easy and them had to get the court, had the FBI on them. See, we forget these lessons, you yeah, get what I mean? Yeah. But it, nah, not all of us, some yeah. of us remember this. Yeah, I was just taking my daughter through it the other day. Yeah, this is yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. So, when you when you see this in the book, what we're giving people a glimpse at is the inside trade track that otherwise you, you more likely, I won't even, I won't say you won't hear, but it'd be very rare if you hear anybody talking about that side. No, they, they won't. Nah, because I can I tell you about Griff. Griff, when Griff, we went to California, here's a perfect example. Griff was with a beer dune. This is the height of the spoken word scene. He did an album with a beer dune, the last poets, and I think he had Chuck on there, and EMI released it under a label called The Right Stuff, which is a, like a mail order kind of label, but somehow they got convinced by his team that they could move this product. We go to California, right, to meet with the executive of EMI, I think his name was Craig Mack or something at the time. He was over the overall urban music or something like that. But okay. then he had another guy, Tom Cartwright, was over the Right Stuff label with Griff. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, we had already went through the terrain like you always do before you go anywhere. You scout out the terrain, mm -hmm. right? Ignorance of the terrain is no excuse. Mm -hmm. San Tzu principle, mm -hmm. art of war for managers, and principle. That's right. You got the book right there. We live in that principle. So we hit the terrain and we find out nobody knows about the album. Mm -hmm. We go into the meeting and we tell Tom. I say, Tom, it's simple, man. You, 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 you put me in this meeting. I just want to let you know we didn't already hit the scenes. Magic Johnson Theaters, the, uh, a Brave New World at the time, uh, which is out in Lamarck Park. We hit the Starbucks one, which uh, Bridget Gray was hosting. She's mm -hmm. for a deaf poet. So we, we're in the city now. We're going okay. to the spots. Okay. We say, nobody knows anything about your album. He puts his hands down. He say, you know what? This album been sitting on my desk for two weeks. We ain't really been able to do nothing. We don't know what to do with it. We're thinking about putting it on BET and MTV or whatever. Now, mind you, we didn't follow BET at that time. The spoken word scene was anti-BET like it's nobody business. Nobody wants to find out nothing mm. at that time. That's why even to this day you'll hear you'll hear Chuck D call it a whole different thing, yeah. you know, being thugs or whatever he calls yeah, it now, yeah, right? Yeah. He got a little acronym for it. Mm. That was the spirit of the spoken words he doing that time. Mm. Okay? And then I called Griff and said, Griff, we just met with the head guy of the label. 
And I can't wait to, to see if he even remembers this moment. He said, we're going to bring you to Salam Restaurant in Chicago. Because mm. we had just, that's how, how could I forget that? That's how we had got the radio show, because we had hosted three successful events at Salam Restaurant. Oh. So we were there. Okay. And that's what led to the radio show, because the people who ran the college station was like, we want you to bring this neo soul vibe over the airways. We looking for this to show the young people this is real. That's how we got the radio gig. Wow. And that's how we knew about World Space because the Final Call newspaper had a headline about the Harlem Renaissance and they had a center article about um, Noah Samara launching digital satellite radio in Africa. First time in the world I even had the technology. So that's how we knew it existed and they were looking for spoken word content. So we made a demo reel based on the radio show, sent it out to him. That's in the book. Yeah. Right. And then he responds. And so, again, he's the, the, the director says, yo, this is dope. You got the last poets. You got Gil Scott. Love these people. And you got the new artists on there. We're going to check out your CD. I had a CD. I was going to tell you. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. in the book. Yeah, yeah. Let me call you whatever. Woo, woo, woo. We want you to do this radio show on our, on our whole channel, on our network. Fact. Mm. See how the movement, see how the community, yeah, see yeah, how yeah. everybody was tied into that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. So when we, when we come back fast forward and Griffin's not, we're going to bring him through Salam. We already had a community of network of people that was supporting us industry-wise, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, and that's, and that's what happened. It was right before 9-11. Then 9-11 hit off. It killed the industry for about almost two years. Just getting back. The country had to get back into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fact. Yeah. History. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's real roadmap. That's a, that's, that's a lot of history. No, that's that. And it's trade knowledge. It's literally happened. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a lot of lead. Yeah, I wish, and that's one thing I wish I had at the time. I don't know if we had it. Or we, it was around when the book was being assembled. But I really wish I might have spoken to it. But I'm not sure I had that. Um, I think I don't know if it's the last thing he had at the time. No, that wasn't it. He had another title for that CD, mm. and that I wish I would have included that in that in that part. People could have known that just that because that was real critical. People didn't even know the album was out. Wow. And you talking about a superstar? Like, you talking about Public yeah, Enemy yeah. in them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's real talk. Well, I like to go further. Yeah. We gotta wrap it up. That's cool. Wrap yeah, yeah. It up. Um, they got the book. Stay yeah, in the yeah, groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay in the groove. Yeah. Um, one person rule for success. Amazon. One, all one more, the place. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Continue to so play. So it's love it our roots. Yeah, all yeah, of it's yeah, online, bro. Yeah, okay, we got okay. trade. It's, you can yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up. Go that's get it. Go get it. All right. Well, I appreciate it, J Commander. More yeah. Apple J Commander. Yeah, whichever one you prefer. I've been called worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> live from San Kofu. Man, bro, thank Crystal you. Sage. Thank you, man. Uh, Y'all stay in the spirit. This is beautiful. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Gotta be, bro. Gotta be. Peace, bro. Peace, bro. Peace, bro. <laughs>